0: In today's show, we're here live on the old YouTube, answering questions. Adam King's going to be here as well. So, Michael Bolton.
1: Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy
0: Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily
1: fantasy basketball podcast
0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me as always on Twitter at, at redrock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, we are available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Betonline is where the game starts. Well, we've got someone here to join us for the first mailbag show of the season. It is a king who is not falling apart at the seams like old mate Viserys.
1: It is Adam King. Welcome. Morning, Josh. Uh, you're nice and early for us, but it, is. it we, is. We're used to this, I think. Yeah,
0: mate. I've been up for I've been up for a good hour or so, getting ready for the day. We're here for the next thirty minutes to answer questions that you blokes might have. Uh, sitting here in the YouTube chat function. So, Kingy, you can see the screen. I'm going to drop those questions up on the screen. There's going to be a lot of them. There are going to be a few of them that are sure are duplicates. So, we'll try not to do those ones. Um, Hamburglar, should Terry Rogier be sold high before LaMelo comes back? My immediate answer is no. Like, no one's going to give you actual current Terry Rogier price, and the price that people would value him at when LaMelo comes back will be lower than what it actually is. So, just hold it and love it.
1: Yeah, hold him. I mean, we most most people drafted him with Lamelo playing, so I think anything you get now is a bonus. But people understand Lamelo could be back in a week, so yeah, well, let's um, hope so. Yeah. So no, no, I'd just be holding him.
0: All right. Let's. Um, Leonardo Guevara Jr. says this. Let's get this question out of the way. If you ask it later, I'm not going to answer it is Hartenstein a must-roster player? Now, obviously, yesterday, King, he played 40 minutes. Yes, Mitch Robinson fouled out in, like, 13 minutes. But as I've been saying since the moment Hartenstein signed, he is a better player than Mitchell Robinson. We've just got to wait for old mate Tom Thibodeau to realize that. Now, this does not indicate that Tom Thibodeau has realized that. It indicates that, ooh, Hartenstein played and played well. Um, but this is a man who persisted with Alfred Payton as a starting point guard for 82 games, and despite every available evidence, every person screaming in his ear that, hey, this probably isn't it. And then he realized it in the playoffs. So... This is not an indication that it's going to be a minute split. This is not an indication that Hartenstein's going to play more minutes than Mitch Robinson. It's none of those things. But we try and bet on talent. And we saw it. We couldn't have asked for a better situation where Hartenstein gets extended run and plays really well. So to me, yes, he is a must grab. Is he a must hold in two weeks if he's playing 17 minutes? Probably not. But who cares? I think you've got to grab him now.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I drafted him in a few spots and and wasn't expecting 40 minutes. But um, I think we sort of expect Mitch Robinson to be in foul trouble. Not all the time. He's better than he used to be. But um, as you've said, as I've said, Hartenstein is probably the better player anyway. So let's hope that Tibbs figures that out. Um, I don't have much confidence in that, but yeah, he, no, he certainly needs to be added. I think someone in Locked On in one of in the Locked On Fantasy Bowl League that I'm in uh, actually grabbed him last night for $51. Ooh, so um a lot of money. I bid, I think I bid 4 bucks on him to try and get him. That's a good, um,
0: I, I need to check cuz I, I had a couple of bids in there as well. I need to see what my um or how my bids went in. There. I'll do that in a second. Uh, but this does not mean drop Mitchell Robinson. Like that's not what this means cuz again we're still assuming that Mitchell Robinson starts and plays his 20 odd minutes. We just think that Side might not play 15 or 16, he might play 21 or 22 with upside to do more. It is another common question. Cameron Castaneda, how do we feel about sale still? I feel really bloody good. All right? Do I expect him to be an 18% shooter with 60% from the line? Um, well, if you do, then I think there's something wrong. But he had 30% usage. He played 29 minutes in a blowout. Like, absolute, this is the biggest buy low you'll ever see in your life. Uh, it's not because you see bigger ones. But someone's going to drop him, much like you're considering here, Cameron. Maybe you're not but don't panic there's absolutely no reason to panic with this there'll be shit nights and there'll be nights where he shoots 70% on and gets 30 points in 30 minutes that'll happen but the usage and the minutes and the role is what you should be excited about
1: yeah no i'm not i'm not worried um he, he will be one of those guys that could be dropped um just because he's he's a little bit unproven but yeah, look. I mean, he had four assists. He had a steal. Um, he just missed his shots. If he hits his shots, then that's a perfect line. So, um, yeah, I'm not panicking at all.
0: Yeah, the other things you've got to look at. Don't look at. Oh, look, someone it was a man. Patrick Beverley, What a shit stream that was. He had two points. Yeah, but he had four steals and two blocks. So it's always about looking at the. Oh, Vassell. Man, he killed me in field goal percentage. But he took the shots. And mm. not one person is going to be an 18% shooter over the course of the season. I'm telling you, it's if, if he is. He'll be cut. Like, it's not going to happen. So what you're looking for is not the result. It's the process. It's how they got there. And that's one of the most important things in making these decisions. Jackie Wallace says, can we drop a by-low on Karl-Anthony Towns? Well, I was down on Towns this season. Yesterday's game um, solidified that for me. It doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong, but it showed, ooh, okay, there's there's was my worries were. But what do you mean a buy low Like, I wouldn't be looking... I wouldn't say, a hey, me sending a second-round player for Towns is a buy low because I valued Towns in that early second-round area anyway. And I doubt someone who invested in Towns at pick six is going to be panicking enough to trade him for a fourth-round guy. So, by all means, try it. You've got no chance of it happening, though.
1: No, I mean, give it a crack. You, you never know. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, Towns was a bit disappointing yesterday, obviously, but uh, he's got to settle into this role. I mean, he's been he's been a starting center since day one, so... He's never played alongside someone like Gobert. And um, yeah, I I think he's going to need a few games to uh, warm into this. So, um, Well, let's
0: have a look fo- actually on the Yahoo trade market to see if anyone has actually done anything stupid with Karl-Anthony Towns and trades. Apparently there's been four trades in the last 24 hours of Towns and one of them was for Bradley Beal. So maybe, maybe there's something. The other one was for Gobert. Mm. With Towns at a first round pick for Gobert and a second round pick. Hmm. Okay, so there is a little bit of value shaved off towns there. Not necessarily much, but the trades that have gone down, there is uh there's something a little bit going on there. So that is marginally interesting. Okay. Um is it worth dropping Ubre for the back to back? Like I don't I don't even know why I highlight that question. I'm not really sure sure what to make of that. He's a starter. The minutes are fine. I don't think he's a high upside player, but if there's something else you want to get in there to get more games, I, I, I'm not I'm not really tied to Uber that strongly. Um, all right, here's another interesting question that I just missed out. Nate Ford, we're going to get this one. Like, What are your thoughts on Eason? Kind of discouraging here. they got 15 minutes with Tate out. Would you drop him for Boyan? This is 100% predicted. Um, I told you a million times. Like, this is a guy who was the third string small forward in training camp. Every game in preseason was because either Tate was out or Gordon was out or Jabari was out. And even though Tate was out, they played KJ Martin over him. Steven Silas makes bad decisions consistently. And if you drafted Tari Easton, you didn't do it for a 20-10 on opening night, surely. Surely that's not what you did. You did it because you hope at some point the rationale of Steven Silas, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later, maybe it's in a month. Like you can't wait three months for it, but maybe it's in a month. Maybe it's in three weeks. He goes, hey, he's actually better than Tate and better than Martin, and he should get 24 minutes a night. So after one game where he gets 15 minutes, while it's discouraging, it should have absolutely been in your, this is, this is going to happen. Like I expect this to happen. Um, that's how I entered the day anyway, Adam.
1: Yeah. I, I was much the same. I, I mean, I've made it pretty clear I drafted him in a lot of leagues and, and I was, I mean, I would have loved a 20 and 10 night, but I was planning on yeah, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, it, It's yeah. It's not ideal, but he's on my bench in most leagues. I'm not, mm-hmm. he wasn't active. Didn't matter. Uh, and, and yeah, fingers crossed. Although, Based on them starting Bruno Fernando, I wouldn't have confidence that Stephen Silas will make the right decision, but let's hope that he does at some point in the near future.
0: DJ says, am I a believer in Bruno Fernando? No, I'm not. Look, and most NBA teams aren't either because he's been around the block a million times. He was literally on a two-way contract last week and the Rockets, because they are a, a team with the worst coach, or if not the worst coach, close to the worst coach in the NBA decided to start him. So DJ says he's got him available in a 14-team 9-cat league. The availab- the other options are Jalen Duran or Nick Richards. So I take Jalen Duran over him every day of the week a million times. Even though Dwayne Casey is as big of a knucklehead as what Silas can be in terms of rotations, I know one of those guys has got upside, and I know the other one's Bruno Fernando. So I would much rather take Duran there. Nick Richards, I'd probably take Fernando just because there is the starting value. But what Bruno did yesterday, he had two blocks in about four minutes. So nothing else after that. And then he had seven assists, which, again, I... I'm not joking. He might have totaled 30 assists in his entire NBA career. So I wouldn't look at seven assists as being anything. I thought he was okay out there, but I wouldn't be looking at him. Man, we've got to go grab Bruno. Like this happened. It's like last year, King. Oh man, we've got to go grab Bielica. Like this, this stuff happens so often. Um, Jordan Warren, man, what an ad. Grayson Allen, he dominated opening night. Chris woo, here we go. And then they do nothing. So Durin easily, longer term view there over Fernando.
1: Uh, Yes. And I'm very surprised. Duran is still available, actually, in any leagues after Mm -hmm. Um, yesterday, especially a 14-team league. He probably should have been drafted in a 14-team league.
0: Yeah, he's drafted in all of my 12s, maybe except one, I think, that he he wasn't drafted in. But he needed to be that last-round sort of pick. We're going to get back with more questions in just a second before we do that, though. It's betonline.net is your number one source for all All of your football and basketball betting needs, in fact, they've updated the copy that says the start of the new basketball season, they're on top of things. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every game, including the two games that are on today where the Clippers are still only five and a half point favorites over the Lakers. Maybe that's a first half line. I don't know. But that is one that is available, and you can go and have a look at that. The six is a four point favourite against the Bucks as well. And it's not just the basketball, it's Major League Baseball playoffs, it's NHL, it's MMA, it's boxing, it's golf, it's live betting, and it's up to the minute scores of everything that you would want to see. So head to that website. It's betonline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Kingy, let's go back. Grab another question in here. Sinwoo Lee asks, Nick Richards or Walker Kessler? Who has more upside this year? To me, it's Kessler. You? Kessler. Yep. Um, we've, got, we've got this news coming out today. The Bearded Hefner says, is Kawhi coming off the bench to start the season? Fake news? I don't, I don't know. I would put a li- it, It's. This is the stuff that annoys me about NBA coaches and all that sort of stuff. We saw the preseason. Kawhi started in the preseason game. So why now... Uh, for careful chemistry and to ease him back in, we playing off the bench. I like, do it in the fucking preseason. Like, what's the difference? Like, how does that? why would that make is literally no coaches have this stump. Remember a few years ago, I don't know if you remember King Alvin Gentry was like, I'm going to bring Drew Holiday off the bench. So Langston Galloway could start. Cause it's just much easier for me to keep Drew Holiday's minutes um, under control or keep an eye on them. And it's also, I probably can give him more minutes when he comes off the bench. Like coaches lie and confuse themselves and tie themselves into rotational knots all the time. The easiest thing is to do is start Kawhi out there and let him play. Like, I don't know what this is not, rocket science yet they try and make it into some big secret
1: yeah this is ridiculous I yeah, hey, it, it, it could very
0: easily happen like it might happen
1: oh it, it might and and that's even more ridiculous that, that they think they have to bring him off the bench to manage his minutes just if you want to manage his minutes just do it as a starter it's just because you just because you start him doesn't mean you have to play him 34 minutes yep. Um, and you're playing the Lakers so mm-hmm. I mean there's a chance that he might not need to play in the final quarter anyway exactly um, Yeah, look, it it could happen. It wouldn't surprise me. And and it doesn't really impact. um, I've seen some questions on Twitter floating around today about, does it impact his his upside, his value? I don't think so. But, yeah, if if they do it, it, it's baffling. I mean, he's their best player. Why would you bring him off the bench?
0: Abol says, what is happening with Linux? That's a very broad question, but really easy for you. you. had 5,014 minutes yesterday. Vanderbilt fouled out in like 18 minutes. I was pretty big on grabbing a Linux at the end of drafts with the understanding that by the time we hit January he might be useless, right? And we understand that. But yesterday's game doesn't tell me that he's useless right now. He's still going to continue. They were were really good yesterday, the Jazz. He was, yes, he's still really useful for his ability to space and to provide openings for guys like Conley and Clarkson and Sexton and Beasley and all these sort of guys. He will play not 30 minutes. He might play 22 or 23 minutes and he won't get 5,000 14 minutes on most nights. Kessler was still really good in there. But don't be looking at this. The guy who really benefited from Linux fouling was Rudy Gay because Vanderbilt was functionally their center and Kessler played there. And then Gay played more minutes because the Linux was in foul trouble. So if you do have a Linux, I get it. There might be a, let's put a hypothetical out there, King. Like if you've got a Linux and Hartenstein's there or Durin's there or Matherin's there or uh, Aldama's there, like to me, they're all relatively close, but I guess it depends on if you want production now, which I think a Linux gives you a little bit more early, but those other guys like Matherin, Durin, the value of those guys rises later on.
1: Yeah, I think it depends. If you took a Linux with your last pick, then you you were expecting something like this. And as you said, he he was in foul trouble. Somehow it was a blowout. Um, Yeah, I'm not worried. I've got him in a couple of spots. I didn't drop him at all, so...
0: Loading says, Tyron Lewis is a good coach. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. He is a good coach, but every single playoff series that he's in, he seems to go down 2-0 because he makes poor decisions and then makes the correct adjustments. So I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt of his initial decision. He generally figures out his mistakes and fixes them, but he doesn't make the first right, correct choice every time. He's a master of admitting his mistakes and fixing them, and that is a great quality. But he makes plenty of them and uh, then adjusts to them. So we'll see how he does with this one. All right, I know you're taking the piss, Labo beat. So I'm not gonna do that one. MR says Adam sounds way more Aussie than Josh. That's because I'm I'm using my fake accent. I'm not using my real Aussie, Aussie accent. <laughs> I, I can really. Oh, I better not, because I won't even understand myself. I better not go full uh full Aussie with this one. All right, is a question that's gonna come up a lot. Manny Manoli, should I drop Kyle Lowry in points leagues? No, you should not. Now there is a real possibility that Kyle Lowry at age 36 has is done. Like that's that's there's a possibility Chris Paul is done at age 37. These things happen. To smaller guards, and you never know when they're going to happen. But I'm not doing it after one game, Kingy.
1: No, I mean I didn't draft him anywhere, so it's not a problem oh, that I'm faced with. I did, but, but yeah, I uh, pick a hundred. I pick a hundred. Yeah, God. Um, no, look, I yeah, it's one game. Uh, he he was pretty bad, but you could look at Chris Paul, as you said, and say he was bad yesterday. Um,
0: they might be both bad moving forward. We don't know.
1: No, we don't. We don't. I mean, I guess Lowry was was pretty bad to end last season, but he had a lot mm-hmm. going on off the court um, as well. So yeah, yeah I, I don't sort of weigh that into my decision uh, at all. I'd just be holding him and see what happens. Give him, give him a couple of weeks. He, he's proven he's done, he's done enough throughout his career to, to um sort of give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: Agree. Um. Someone asked me a question about John Isaac and I'm not going to re- be referencing that guy. Until I've, until I actually see him out on the uh, out on the court, um, yeah, rise above says you can't panic off of one regular season game. Absolutely, one hundred percent accurate. David Lee, what are my thoughts on Kyrie's poor day one performance? That's what literally what I just said. You can't panic. Who cares? Like he had a poor shooting night. I could not. I couldn't give a shit honestly like if you're getting up and down and I think part of this is why I, I stopped doing a lot of the DFS stuff is that I can't get hyper focused on one day's performance and then be out, not that I ever did this but out there rage tweeting athletes off oh, doing do on this one day like that's not how the NBA works it's like an accumulation thing it's a it's a move forward sort of thing so like you just just simmer down a little bit with that sort of stuff you had a bad game like it's not anything that's worrying me really at this uh, at this point Kingy, let's go through, Um, don't ask me a question that says thoughts, Um, because I can give you lots of thoughts, but they aren't probably what you want to hear, is Nick Claxton a must roster in an eight-team league, I would say absolutely not, Um, in an eight-team league, you're only probably rostering 100 people, Claxton's probably the worst player in a roster, therefore the amount of value on your waiver wire, Kingy, is going to be extreme.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he's probably borderline if you do need blocks and, and rebounds. He was pretty good yesterday, I thought, in, in 25 minutes, um, did what we needed him to do. He but was. um Yeah, in an eight-team league, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's probably on and off of rosters throughout the season.
0: Thomas says, Josh, who do you think hates you more, Raptor fans or Kai Soto fans? I don't think Kai Soto fans hate me anymore because they didn't actually make any sort of peep uh, on my channel after I said I don't think he's an NBA player and they told me he's probably better than Chet and he'll go number one. None of them actually came back to apologize. I'm reckoning they, they maybe accept that I might have been right there. So it's probably Raptor fans. But you know, we all uh, we all have our little things. Um, Will Fultz have a decent role when he returns from injury? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Who knows? I thought Jalen Suggs was great yesterday. King. he's a guy that we all were pretty hopeful on a nice second season. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was yesterday. Um, There's still... F- Fultz and Anthony and Suggs, but they can handle most of those 96 backcourt minutes between the three of them, I think.
1: Yeah, no, look, I I mean, I grabbed Fultz with my last pick in a couple of leagues. Same. Threw him straight in my IR spot. Um, Because, I mean, he had a strong end to last season and and I think they're going to utilize him. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear yesterday that they're happy to let one of about five players run Mm -hmm. the point. So... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, look, I, I think he'll, I think he'll have a role, um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Here's one, and I think
0: it ties into a bigger fantasy discussion. Um, Head Huncho says, "Is DeAndre Hunter a must-ros to play?" Because the, the number one thing that people look at in a box score is the first column, and it's points. And DeAndre Hunter scored twenty-two, and you go, "Ooh, DeAndre Hunter! I know that name. He was a high pick, and he just signed a big contract, and he scored twenty-two points." but my problem has always been with DeAndre Hunter. What the hell else is he doing? Three rebounds, like that's putrid. One assist, one steal, and he shot that on 70% or 68% or something. So when that number comes down and that's at 40% or 45% and he gives you 12, three and one, you look at it and go like, that's not exciting at all. And no one shoots 68% on a continual basis. That just doesn't happen. So is he worth a roster spot? Yeah, by all means. Like that's, that's fine. The role is there, but I've also seen him for three years have the role and produced value commensurate with a 12-team league player for about two weeks during that time because he got offers nothing else outside of that scoring. And if the scoring's not coming on absolutely elite, unsustainable efficiency, I don't know what else he does.
1: Yeah, I didn't go and add him. Um, I think he was drafted in a couple of leagues, but he's one of these players that I think um, his real-life value actually outweighs his fantasy value because he he is actually a fairly good defender, a wing defender, but he just... that, that. doesn't
0: translate um so I'm just going back to that locked on fantasy basketball ball question we had earlier about who I added I I was able to get Ayo Desunmu in that league for eight bucks because I had an injured player I tried to get Aldama and someone outbid me for twelve dollars on him so they get someone also spent four dollars on Reggie Jackson which is a curious um Mm. addition in that league um yeah so I was able to get Ayo there you go that was my that was my addition. I tried. To, I don't know how Santi wasn't drafted in that league. I think he was, and uh, he was, and someone dropped him the day before the season started, which is pretty big L from whoever did that. Yes. Um, what other questions have we got here? Carter Al, are we expecting Jabari? I assume Smith Junior. and not Parker in whatever rec league he's playing in. Jabari Smith to continue to shoot as much as he did last night. He might be in store for some monstrous lines. If so, I don't know. the expect that level of shooting from him, but he's going to be featured. He's going to get minutes. He's going to be pretty good, I think. And I think you have to look, that was my, what made to worry with him Kingy is like, what's the usage going to look like? Um, we knew there'd be some field goal percentage issues, but I would say maybe tone it down a little bit from last night, but Hey, it was pretty encouraging.
1: Yeah. I think the, that sort of aspect, the offensive role was actually the biggest question I had. I think he'll get rebounds. He'll get defensive stats. He'll hit threes. Um, he'll play big minutes. So yeah, look, I mean, that was very encouraging last night. Um, And, and yeah, if you drafted him, it's it's sort of um, all hands on deck and let's see what happens in the next few games.
0: High Ground says, any renewed thought on how many rookies will finish top 100 this season? <laughs> look, I'm not really changing my mind massively on this. I still had the three guys there, Murray, Bunkero, and Smith. Um, Durin has a chance at it. Kessler has an outside chance at it. Matherin maybe has a chance at it. Look, he was pretty good yesterday, but... Uh, this is something I tweeted out and I didn't mention on the podcast. Both him and Ivy had big games. and We saw this from a wing player in Duarte last season opening night, twenty-seven point six threes in his first game. And then NBA teams said, uh, rookies, I don't think so. Like, we're not going to let you do this. And I wonder if that happens to Ivy and Matherin. Because teams, their game plans can be pretty limited in the regular season. And especially players they don't know, they're not highly scouting college tape to go, well, how are we going to stop Benedict Matherin coming off the bench? So if he starts to do it a little bit, then teams might say, hmm, let's uh, let's put this guy in his place and we'll see how he adjusts to that. Because my issue with Mathurin and even Ivy has been if they're inefficient scorers, I'm not sure what else is coming and that might reduce their value. So I'm not ready to anoint all of these guys as top 100 guys moving forward. It'll be interesting to see how they cope with what I believe will be an increased focus on them in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I have those three as well. Um, I think if... If Jalen Duran started, uh, he would have a yes. chance. Um, but I, I have a feeling, and I heard on your show yesterday, that you're you're probably going to be making a trip over to Detroit <laughs> because, because I think Bagley will be, will be starting. Seriously. Fuck it. Seriously. Uh, um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in a month or whatever when Bagley's back. But... If that dipshit
0: um... watched that game yesterday and went, I'm going to put no defense, no no shooting, no passing Marvin Bagley in, Ahead of a guy who's 19 years of age and actually works really well with our group, um, and Troy Weaver doesn't fire him, they both can like, they like both can lick my gooch. Like I don't know what they're doing, uh, metaphorically, of course. I it would make it would be one of the more stupid decisions I've ever heard or ever seen from a coaching perspective.
1: Like, how, you, how do you
0: justify it? I've seen Marvin Bagley play, and I'm, I think they have as well.
1: Well, you would hope they have. Um, yeah, look, oh, I I totally agree, but it, it really wouldn't surprise me. Um, Bagley shouldn't have. He was named the starter, which that was surprising to begin with. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I I thought the Pistons actually looked really good yesterday.
0: Apart um, from the fir- I hope you didn't watch the first quarter because they, they were
1: atrocious. They were. That Far that was actually out. the game I watched quite is, a lot of that game just because so it right. had a lot of young guys. Um, and and I thought uh, Isaiah Stewart actually looked. The best I've seen him um, in yeah. terms of his role. They, they've it looks like they've figured out, and and I mean they've got some good young guards now, and, and they're they're playing quick. So that yeah, fits,
0: fits I thought him. was interesting in that game. Not to diverge too much from the questions here is that. Um... Yeah, Cade, I didn't think played his best, but still had 18 and 10, Mm. right? And when you're still, a lot of focus is coming in on him and the fact that he opened things up for guys like Ivy and for Stewart and for Duran and for Boyan, yeah, I thought he was really, really good despite shooting like sub 40%. And that's that's a massively encouraging sign for me as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. It wasn't his best game, but he found a way to rack up stats and that's what good players do.
0: Sam, you've just triggered me with this question, so I'm going to answer it. He says, why is Sexton coming off the bench? He's not particularly good. And the reason Tony Jones, Jazz Beat reporter, he said, you know, someone is, why is this ridiculous? Why is Sexton coming off the bench? He said, well, he hasn't been in their best five players and he's not in their best five players and he hasn't shown that he's in their best five players. So he's not going to play like he's one of their best five players. And Tony's there at practices and he talks to the coaches. So I'm going to take that as what's actually true. And again, Colin Sexton's a guy that in the past has scored, but I don't think he's a winning player. And if they think that, Jordan Clarkson and Malik Beasley can help them more. Go for it. Like Sexton is not that good. And I think I I I just thought they would start him. They paid him and it was a piece of the Mitchell trade, but if he got there and Will Hardy went, I'm not sure about this." Like there's still a don't drop Sexton or anything like that. But You know, this is not a massive surprise that he's not good enough. And the other thing is, are they showcasing Conley for a trade? Like, my guy Sam. Everyone knows what I'm going to say here. Do you think that other GMs have never seen Mike Conley before? Who's this young spry man, number 11 for the Jazz? Hmm, Michael Conley Sr., is it? Michael Conley? Hmm, I think he looks like a bit of a goer. I wonder if he'll trade for me. Everyone knows who Mike Conley is. Showcasing for a trade doesn't exist. You know what they're showcasing to do? To win some games. Sorry, Sam, I don't mean to put you on blast, but... They're playing him because he's their best player. And they, despite the organizational philosophy, they want to win games. Will Hardy wants to win games. The players want to win games. And Mike Conley actually really good. So they're not going to sit him down. They're not going to bench him because he's really good. And if teams want to trade for him, and if they don't, oh, well, he's a legendary teammate, great community guy. And the Jazz love him. So we'll see if he ends up going or not. But showcasing is a fallacy. It's something that the media loves bringing up. And it's just garbage. It's actual absolute garbage.
1: Yeah, I think if showcasing was a thing, then Eric Gordon has been showcased for eight years. So, yeah. thank
0: you, thank you very much. And again, if any GM needs to, and any GM not named Doc Rivers when he was GM needs to see a player put up a big game against their team to trade for him, then why are they doing? What are they in that job for? That shouldn't be the case. It's like almost yeah, there was a lot of talk about it when the Victor Wembanyama scoot henderson game was like, oh man, GMs after they saw this game, they're going be, gonna to be there wanting to get these draft picks. Like any GM or scouting department who knew what they were doing, knew about these guys for, if I knew about them for at least two years, then I'm pretty sure NBA scouting departments knew about how good and gen- I've been here with Victor since he was about 13. I knew he was going to be this like level of prospect coming through. So I'm pretty sure the NBA teams are a, a step ahead of me. On that one, we might be able to get one or two more questions in here. Um Bedaran Gungor says he's Malik Beasley must roster. I couldn't say that, no. Uh
1: no. I think I've got him in a deeper league, possibly, and and I really just need some points. Um but yeah, I I, th- I don't think he's must roster.
0: I think yeah, I think the the thing which is important to note there is the term must roster. Like, can you have him on your roster? Yeah, you cares? It's like sure, no worries, whatever. Do I have to make sure that he's not sitting on the wire? Like, no. He's a points and threes guy who's still coming off the bench and might score 15 points with five threes, might score nine points on 15 shots with two threes. Like, it's not imperative that you have him. And speaking of imperative, Ben Edry says, how long do you think Aldama will have value? Well, at least until Jaron comes back. And I posited this yesterday, King. I want your opinion. Do you think there is a chance that they could start Aldama and Jackson together at some point? and bring Adams off the bench, or Aldama pushes Brandon Clark's value way down and plays a lot of those bench minutes? He
1: was really, it's, he's it's, really good. Yeah, look, it's possible. Um, I really like Brandon Clark, so I'm I'm disappointed with how he's played and his role. But yeah, look, Aldama gives them that floor spacing that they need. Um, if they were to play him and Jaron Jackson alongside each other, they, they can really spread the floor, which opens uh-huh. it up for Jar to get to the That's basket a bit exactly more. Right. Um, yeah, so not, yeah. Look, I mean, Aldama is going to have value, as you said, till till Jaron Jackson is back. But I wouldn't then just be dropping him um, as, as soon as we get word Aldama, um, mm-hmm. Jackson is back. Don't drop Aldama because I think yeah, there is a chance Clark is the guy that's squeezed out.
0: Yeah, that that, that is possible. Um, would you drop Brandon Clark then? Uh, right now, uh... I guess you don't just drop someone. It depends, like if yeah. If... If Aldama was available, if a Aduran a Durin um, was available, would you be like, Ooh, Clark's got to go to add those guys?
1: Aldama, yes. Uh, Duran, possibly. I don't know. I'm trying to give Clark a bit of the a, a bit of time um, just before, because he did close the game. So he, he was on the floor at the end.
0: And he had foul trouble um, too.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't think he's going to, I, I, I was expecting sort of uh, mid-20s minutes, like 25, 24, so we'll see.
0: They also just they couldn't really play him with Adams, though. That's part of the problem no. is that they're viewing Clark at this point as basically exclusively a center. So it, the Jackson absence doesn't really matter that much. No. Um and Jackson plays some centre that when he comes back, it probably hurts a little bit more because the spacing of Adams and Clark together, they hate it, and they pri- they're obviously prioritising that spacing, which makes me pretty worried. Now, I just think, given the fact that he's not getting 25 or 26 a night and and the potential for that to drop even further later on, that the upside for Clark, uh, like, realistically, he's probably a worse or second-worst player. That means he's got to be up on the chopping block.
1: Yeah, I, I I mean I've said this. I actually wasn't too excited when when Jackson went down because I think we saw last season that Jackson and Clark can play together and they played well together. Mm-hmm. But that because you can play Clark at the center and, and Jackson at the four, but you can't do that with Adams. So yeah, I, I can. I mean, as we've said, Aldama could have value, but I could see a, a situation where Jackson comes back and Clark actually gets better in terms of – his, his role actually increases if they decide to just go with with um, Jaron Jackson at the centre a bit more. But they uh, Adams is, is a really nice fit on that team. I know he doesn't rack up a lot of stats. but
0: Last question, Kingy. Um, Shinobi says, is Harrison Barnes a drop? Um, I wouldn't have drafted him personally because what he did yesterday – was exactly why I didn't want to draft him. No upside. And this is without Keegan Murray. So when we're trying to cycle through the let's hit the waiver wire gold on the Aldamas, Durans, Mathurans, the Sunus, throw whatever name you want in there, Ivy, whoever it is, like Barnes is gone. Like there's no upside in him. It's like having Dorian Finney-Smith or Cantavius Caldwell-Pope or one of those guys or Aaron Gordon or even like Royce O'Neal who went off yesterday, but we don't expect that. Like these are the guys that this, the production's solid. And if you hit fantasy playoffs, you might want that. But I don't, Need it now. Like I'd rather take a flyer because Harrison Mines is never going to be top seventy. Like give me someone who might be. So yeah, we'll see you later. If there's someone out there that you want to add.
1: Yeah, I didn't draft him either and and I uh when I did my recap yesterday, I did almost put in there that I mean you can just you can drop him. Um he'll he'll be better than that. Like he'll uh, yes, he will 15, 16 a game, but as you said, he does nothing else other than maybe some rebounds. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be prioritizing him at all.
0: You definitely can do better than that, but I also don't care that much. But again, when people hear my opinion, like when people ask me about Mo Bumba yesterday, I didn't draft him because I didn't think he was valuable. So if you're going to ask me, hey, should I have him? Like my answer is going to be, no, you shouldn't have to begin with. So get rid of him straight now. But you obviously thought different to me to have him to begin with. So use that information um, yeah, to how you value him moving forward. Because again, I wouldn't have picked him. So I would have no hesitation moving. But you obviously thought something way different to me to have picked him at a decent spot. So maybe you want to hold on and wait till see. Where that goes. Uh, Kingy, that will um, do it for us in this mailbag show. Tell people what you've got going on and where they can find you if they want to hear more from you and your moustache. Uh,
1: yep, uh, at AdamKing91 on Twitter. Uh, we've got, uh, we'll have got. we probably have an episode of, our, of the Clutch Time podcast coming out this afternoon, potentially, um, and then got a few things going on in the background as well. Um, and Movember coming up, so hoping we can get a few people together to grow some nice
0: mo's yeah i'm going to be doing that with kingy and a bunch of other fantasy guys hopefully so hopefully you guys can donate to help men's health as i grow out this mustache and uh get it excited kingy thanks for jumping on and that guys will do it for us today don't forget to follow this podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify Odyssey. and if you're on youtube do me a favor and thumb it up leave your comments down below guys we are done here thank you so much for listening everyone see ya